The year is 2023. PBS Plus has just launched bringing the world's streaming services to 4,387. How can anyone be expected to go through all this content? Fear not, loyal passengers. Captain Joe Shoes and his first mate Mez are here to travel through space and time to bring you the best nuggets pop culture has to offer. Strap in. It's time for the Car Jomez Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 371 of the Car Jomez Podcast. I'm Mez, and my co-host, as always, is... The Magistrate of Caravan City and the Colossus of Car Care. I'm Captain Joe Shoes from the Car Jomez Podcast. Yeah, you are, buddy. What what's going on there? So last year I talked about buying a car be- right before the hurricane yes, hit. That's which right. Yes. Probably not the <laughs> ideal time to buy an automobile. Uh, that's but right. We live and we learn, Gomez. <laughs> gotta make mistakes. But you know, you gotta take care of these things. They're like children. They want to oh. be washed, they want to be fed, they want their oil changed, and now with these new cars, you don't have to get the oil changed like you used to, right? So used nice. to every yep. every 3,000 miles, you go wow. get the oil changed. And I rem- I'm old enough to where when I started driving, you used to get a free car wash with the oil change, which was Once in a while, yeah. <laughs> you don't get that no more. Here, where I live now in Florida, we don't have even, we don't even have real car washes. Like, you go through the car wash, but then you got to do the interior. Oh, it's the automatic bullshit. No, yeah, it's there. I mean, there's like an attendant there who yeah. sets it by like what level of car wash you pick, but mm. like you got to vacuum it, you got to do the whole interior. Mm. You got like, I just want a full service car wash and I can't find one. And I Google it, I you know, Google's a lot yeah. smarter than me, well, but I can't fucking find it and it drives me nuts. So, more often than not, I, I do not wash my car unless totally necessary. Because I just don't want to be. I I want to pay you. I want to pay you to do this work for me, and you just won't let me. <laughs> but the, uh, the oil changes now. It says approximately every seven thousand five hundred miles. So I go, oh, this is great because I don't really drive all that much. I fly yeah. a lot, many miles <laughs> in the air, but not on the ground. <laughs> so. I've just been like, I don't have to get an oil change. And even now, over a year since I bought my car, I only just hit 5,000 miles. That's crazy. So in my mind, I still got 2,500 miles to go. So I'm thinking we Gucci until I start getting dings coming up in my car and alerts. And it's like, you need to service the oil and filter. And I go, but why? You told me 7,500 miles. <laughs> so finally, I made an appointment. I took my car in, and they're like, oh, this is covered under, you know, whatever Ooh, care package. They gave nice. me a tire rotation Ooh. and a whole diagnostic. I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't know shit about cars, yes. except, like, it makes me go, go, go. Room, gas, room, gas, room. go, brake, stop. That's yeah. it. <laughs> I know where to plug in my phone. That way I can listen to the new Blink-182 album. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. So I, I get my car fixed. Every, I fixed. I got an oil change. And the lady's like, yeah, I know we said 7,500 miles, but 
you should probably just come once a year. So come back next time. <laughs> she preemptively like this guy ain't going nowhere. We need to tell him come back. <laughs> so there I am, the Colossus of Car Care. Ooh, very nice. That's good. It's good to keep your car up to date, cause, bro, we've done that in the past, right? We don't, we don't need to, and then we regret you know what? that. Shit. And then for all my hard work, I treated myself to a massage. Ooh, in the chair. Or like a person? No, with a person, like an hour-long massage where I, I put my head in the little slot mm. and they work out the kinks. That's nice. I mean, I don't mind the chair massage because when I go to the full-service car wash, they have the massage chairs yes. in there. So I sit there while they do all that stuff. But that's expensive, so I don't really do. I usually do my own, you know, because I could pay. I pay twenty dollars a month for all you could get car washes. So. I just go pay the 20 bucks and then I vacuum. It's usually not so bad, but it, trust me, for, it's like $50 for a fucking full service car wash. I, I'm the, willing to pay that. <laughs> sure. To but have yeah. my car vacuumed and my floor mats, you know, shaken out and my windows a little wiped down, get that little glass I, cleaner on there. I got a kid who, no matter what she's eating, is making a disaster in the back seat. So I can't afford to throw out 50 bucks a pop every time it gets dirty. You know, I need Gomez, that. You are <laughs> one of the hosts of the longest running podcast <laughs> in the history of Earth. I think you can afford $50. No one said I couldn't afford it, but you don't become you just rich. Said you couldn't afford it. <laughs> well, I you literally meant. just came on this show. <laughs> And said, I can't be spending $50 a shot every time my fucking shit-ass kid eats. Because I got to spend that 50 for me. I got things I want to buy. Well, how about this? Problem solved. Me, the talisman of thoughts, has just come up with a solution to your problem. Throw and back, away. like we said at ECW, Simon has a problem. <laughs> well, that's and I've an old solved reference. It. Oh, man. I love it. Instead of worrying about cleaning the car, how about you just stop feeding the kid? Bro, if I could, I would. She don't eat nothing, so every time we eat, it's a production, bro. But oh, she's just messy. She likes to use her hands. I don't know where she comes from. She's just like, she's eating rice. She's just like juggling rice into her mouth. She just, when she, when she wants to eat something, she eats. You know, she's picky with everything, but then if you give her something she likes, She's shoveling steak in her mouth and rice and chicken. Ah, oh, Joe. Baby girl, we got utensils. It just gets everywhere. In Food addition to everywhere. car washes, can you also not afford utensils? <laughs> well, she's got anything she needs. She uses a fork. I mean, we give her the fork. She doesn't use it, but she'll. we go, Shiloh, use the fork. And we'll see her use it. And then two minutes later, she's like, <laughs> shoveling the fork. <laughs> and now it's... Now it's all over the floor, the table, her hands. Oh, God. Well, at least now we have a dog again. Hopefully soon he'll start cleaning up after her. Because that was the only good thing about having a dog. I ain't have to vacuum as much as I have to now. Because, oh, it's messy under her. The well, dog no, really... now you got you to gotta, um, shampoo the carpets, though. <laughs> Thankfully, there's no carpets in the house. We got rid of that long time. We learned the hard way. Dogs, carpets, now nah, we don't. That don't mix. Get out of here. 
Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Car Jomez podcast. Remember to smash that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening to this. Leave a five-star review. Gomez, I'm going to give away a prize this week. How about Whoa. that? Whoa. Okay. What are we doing? Leave a five-star review, screenshot it, and send it to us at Car Jomez on X, formerly Twitter. Do that. And one of you guys will win. How about a, a John Cena figure? Elite Ooh. 100 John Cena. Ooh, I have that. Shit. I will send it to you. So you leave a review, screenshot it, tweet it to us, or post it to us. It sounds so stupid, right? Tweet it to us. Uh, tweet that Normal shit. people. <laughs> tweet it to us. You can win a John Cena Elite 100 figure. Sound good? Sounds good. great. Sounds great. Love it. Gomez, we got a little uh, housekeeping to do. I just want to say this week, both you, Gomez, and me, Joe, the combined forces of Car Gomez, will be appearing on the Monster Madness podcast. Our double main man, Matt Stein, heads heads over that. I've been a guest on there before. This time he asked both of us to come on and talk horror movies. And we did that because if anyone <laughs> is the herald of horror movies, you know it is me. Yeah, I had to just sit back and let the master, you know, dictate what we're talking about. It was, it was very interesting. <laughs> you know, this is what I do. You get and you get some good Fast and the Furious references in there. <laughs> it's good. It's a good time. Psycho ways. Well, uh, Matt's a good dude. I, I met him through Swaggle because Matt works a little with ACW Wisconsin. A mm. uh, good dude runs a good show over there. So go check that out. Also, a thank you to our friends Gomez, all of Ooh. our friends at the Game Marks Podcast, the Ooh. Card Foundation Podcast, and Going Postal Podcast. Everybody giving a shout out this Ooh, week, Gomez. I'm gonna talk about the Car Gomez podcast. Game Marks recently talked about the Day of Reckoning video game in which I was in the commercial. I co-starred <laughs> with John Cena. It's so, so funny, bro. <laughs> Big star I'm, here. I'm that guy all the way in the back as John Cena. I got a five-pound dumbbell in my hand by the window. Ooh. Let me tell you. If I showed that to my mother, she wouldn't be able to pick me out. (laughs) (laughs) You only know because you were there. That's I only know it's me because I was there. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Uh, Card Foundation putting over my autograph, Gomez. I'm in the new Major Wrestling Figure podcast trading card set, which is based on the 1999 WCW style cards that have become a big hit within the hobby all these years later. You got autographs from people like Tommy Dreamer and Francine and Max Caster and Karate Man, Effie and Alley Catch, all these big name stars in there. (laughs) Nobodies. And me. And I am by far the least famous person in this set. (laughs) No. But I also kind of get the card game a little bit, right? This isn't new to me. So I have a ton of one-in-one inscriptions sprinkled mm. throughout the cards i've signed Ooh, and it's yeah. caused a little uh a little chase for people people love it on the hunt trying to get down on my inscription cards which is very cool to see so that's I'm awesome glad people like them and um, i'm happy to be in the set i'm happy to get paid to be in that set <laughs> 
So yeah, if you're not already, definitely go listen. Card Foundation, Going Postal with Dylan Swaggle, and Game Marks with Clash and George Feast. Because once you have George, anything is feasible. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's good. <laughs> George has also done a couple of uh, logos for me and t-shirt designs. Oh. Like this Shoes Clues shirt oh, I'm wearing right very now. Very awesome. George nice. is very good at what he does. And he good does God, uh, the George. show with Dylan as well. So he's the he's the best. Uh, Gomez, a few about a year ago, we talked about FUBAR, the Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. movie. And we spoke yes. about how the trailer for the Indiana Jones movie had the same song and now yeah uh-oh coming november 3rd on netflix please allow me to introduce myself sliced alone with a documentary oh. on netflix covering 50 years of his impact within the entertainment industry are you excited yeah that sounds crazy a, a doc on, i mean this man's done a lot of shit it's very interesting to see where they're gonna go with this one I would imagine it's going to be in the same style as the Arnold documentary they released in three parts. I don't know if it'll necessarily be... I mean, it can easily be split up. It's just a matter of how they're going to do it. Like, they did Arnold the athlete, Arnold the entertainer, Arnold the politician. They did all that. You know, we'll see how if they split it up or if it's just a regular style documentary, just one movie. Uh, But I'm excited. We love Stallone. If you go back into the archives, episode three of this podcast, was a tribute to Sly Stallone. Yes, and we watched all his top films, like Demolition Man so and good. Rhinestone. So Rhinestone. The, the gem. Boy, oh boy. If you haven't seen if Rhinestone, you've never folks. Seen Rhinestone, pause this show right now. This is the only time I'll tell you not to stop listening to this show. Pause it right now. Go over to YouTube and just type in Drinkenstein. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So go do that. When you're done with that, come back and finish listening to the show. And then tell your friends and leave a five-star review. <laughs> Drinking stuff. So good. Gomez, the big thing, I haven't been watching this, but I see a lot of chatter about it. So maybe you're watching this. This was never my thing as a kid. Maybe I was a little too old or right on the edge of it. I'm sure people my age were reading this series at the time, but I wasn't. Goosebumps has a new series over on Disney Plus. It is a 10-part series. They drop five episodes at the very beginning on October 13th, and they've been dropping one a week ever since. It's based on five of the more popular titles from the Goosebumps series as written by R.L. Stein. Were you a Goosebumps guy as a kid? Big Goosebumps boy. Oh, I had all the books. I would write my own short horror movie uh, stories. Yeah, boy, I was all into that shit. So are you watching this show? I am not because I've just been watching a lot of movies. I've just been trying to bang out movies and stuff. I'll get into some TV when things start slowing down, like, you know, six weeks of horror is coming to an end, and I'll have time for other stuff, you know? But uh, also, I never really watched the the original show that was mm-hmm. on Fox. Like, I watched an episode or two. Like, that, I feel I came out a few years after I was into Goosebumps, you know, like I was already on to other, other spooky stuff. But uh, I hear it's good. I hear it's not very kiddy. Like, you know, it's not like I've it's heard that graphic, well. but it's not like, oh, it's for little kids. So I am interested in seeing it. It's just there's a hundred things that I haven't even I haven't watched Loki. I haven't gone back to Loki since the first episode. You know, I just haven't had time for stuff. So I've, I've heard a lot of positive stuff as well. 
Uh, maybe I'll check it out. I'm like, I, I'm never the guy looking for more spooky stuff to watch. Sure. I feel like I've, you know, if I, I'm at the buffet right now and this is the final week of spooky snake season and I've just about had all the shrimp I can handle. Time to grab so, your, your ice cream and call it a night. Yeah. <laughs> but I have heard positive things. So if you're interested yeah. in that, the, the five books that it's uh kind yeah, which of ones, drawing actually? on, uh, Say know. Cheese and Die. Great. Okay. One of the first ones. Yeah. The Haunted Mask. Yeah, that's a popular one, sure. Cuckoo Clock of Doom. That one's all right, sure. Go Eat Worms. That's a very popular one, yeah. And Night of the Living Dummy. Always, as much as I love Slappy, the the doll here, uh, every time they do Goosebumps, it's like Joker, right? You got to have Joker. But there's other books and other things you could do. But they just always got to throw this ventriloquist dummy in there. That's, you know, I'll, well, that's, I'll probably... What you're saying kind of sounds like my G.I. Joe thing. Every time yes, snake we do G.I. Yeah. Joe, it's here's Snake Eyes. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. there are there's other, other G.I. Joes, you know? That other people, yeah, exactly. Like, I get it. He's very popular. People love, like, Chucky and, you know, all these Megan evil doll shit. But, I mean, come on. There's a gabillion books. I remember I had, like, 60 Goosebumps books. And they're probably a lot more than that because it never stopped, right? There's keep on coming. So, come you know, on. that's a good question. I don't know how many books there are total. You know, I, I'm I kind of remember there being like a hundred, and I had a lot of them, but I stopped collecting. Some of them were hard to find. Uh, just you know, that's a lot of books. And at too, some point, books. they stop giving you scholastic book. Uh, yes. orders, you know, how am point, I gonna you, get these books? Unless you get held <laughs> back, which I don't think we're trying to do just to get goosebumps books. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> it's true. Oh, that's funny. Uh Gomez, a little follow-up on the McDonald's boo buckets. Oh, so they are available. Yeah. And as we reported, I should say I reported, I'll take the heat yeah. on this. I yeah. said they were going to come with the lids this year. Yeah. And from what I've seen, they're coming with the lids. But our double main man, Mr. Slowpoke from Slowpoke Toys, got into the DMs and said he got one and it didn't have a lid. And he was like, I thought you said it was going to have lids. And I said, I was under the impression it was going to. But now, as I've seen, as the time has elapsed here, they do seem to be having lids. And for some reason, the vampire is wearing like a witch's hat as a lid. What the fuck is going on here? I don't know. Because I did, I did see some people, you know, throughout the week on Instagram sharing their pictures. And people were also, you know, putting in their captions. Yes, we're real lids this time. So that's, that makes me sad that they're, they're screwing some people over here. Must have just been Mr. Slowpoke. Damn, Mr. Slowpoke. They're doing you dirty, bro. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Gomez, one last note. Lay's potato chips. Are you a big potato chip guy? Oh, yes, sir. Especially some Lay's. I love a Lay's potato chip. I'm more of a candy than a chip guy, you know, when it comes to snacks. Sure. Like if I have chips, I'll be like, every now and then I'll be like, yo, you know what? I ain't had in a while? Some chips. Yeah, you need something salty once in a while. But usually I'll default to like a Pringles. I'll be like, oh, give me some Pringles. Pringles, Doritos are the go-to, I would say, before regular chips. Lay's potato chips. Just dropping a fried pickles with ranch flavor. Oh, 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 shit. But. Oh, what's the matter? It is exclusive. To what fucking place? Tell me. Sam's Club. 
Oh, guess what, bro? I just signed up for Sam Club two days ago. <laughs> Yes. What a dramatic turn oh, of events shit. here on the Car Jomez podcast. Oh, wow. So, like, we go to BJ's, and ever since the pandemic, we feel BJ's, they never got back to their glory that they used to have. So, we tried out Costco. And let me tell you, Costco could suck a dick, bro. How dare they you? Got, they got those like, hot dogs at the end. I love the hot dogs, the pizza. You get a brisk raspberry iced tea from the fountain. Delicious. Wonderful. But everything else about Costco, I ain't feeling. It's very chaotic in there. BJ's is nice. There's signs everywhere. Costco is like, fuck you. Find it, bro. I don't know. Somewhere over there. I don't keep... No. So no. So we canceled that. And we saw Sam's Club had a special sign up for the year for $15, bro. Oh, that's a steal. So I signed up. I haven't gone yet, but I'm going this week then to get some Lay's potato chips. How big is that fucking bag going to be? I'm excited now. Holy shit. (laughs) Well, it doesn't stop there, Gomez, because they've also re-released fried green tomato flavor. I remember they were okay. I didn't love them. All right. And also game day chili which is supposed to go with your football games. And that was uh, used to be an exclusive for 7-Eleven and Speedway, but this this time around, as well as with the fried green tomato, will be available at all retailers. Mm, very nice. I still haven't found those fucking Pop-Tarts, bro. These strawberry milkshake Pop-Tarts, where the fuck are they, bro? What's going on? Maybe they're on? at Sam's Club, right? That's a Walmart thing. Oh, is it? Oh, shit. I got a good Sam. Ooh. Sam. Sam is Sam Walmart. <laughs> Sam Walmart. How you doing, sir? <laughs> the patriarch of the Walmart family. Boy, that guy's not doing so good. Those Denver Broncos, baby. Do Whoa. they own the Broncos too? Yeah, they just bought the Broncos. I within the past year or two, the Walmart family. <laughs> it's not. It's not that good so far. It's turned to shit. Uh, so that's the news, Gomez. What do you got for us this week? I just got I just got a text from Sam's Club. Shop your limited time members office. <laughs> Happenstance. It's, it's so funny. It was that's, meant to be, bro. I belong at Sam's Club. That's what we do on this podcast. We create moments. Oh my god. Joe, I wanted to bring up two wrestling things real fast in the news this week. Yeah, well, there go those moments. One is going to be quick because we're going to just shit on this real fast. Uh, (laughs) There was a pay-per-view this past week. Impact Wrestling, Bound for Glory. Their big WrestleMania-type bullshit they do. They did it, regular show. At the end of the show, they show a video package starting January pay-per-view. We are back to total nonstop action, baby. TNA is back. Woo! <laughs> Who saw that coming? <laughs> oh my nostalgia, bro. Everyone's like, bro, there's a lot of good TNA, right? They're remembering those two good years of TNA, I guess. <laughs> and they're like, we love Impact Wrestling, bro. Let's not remember how it started with the psycho dwarf and the dicks. And the fly- flying Elvises versus oh, the, the, the Johnsons. Was the, the Johnsons? Johnsons? I think it was the Johnsons, yeah. 
Oh my goodness! Total nonstop backs. They will not be bringing back the six sided ring. That's a shame. I always loved that ring. I always loved that. It made At the it very different. least. It made it different, right? I hear the guys always hated it. They didn't of like pumping on it. It was too weird. Well, the thing too was you were wrestling in a six sided ring like once a month, and then you yes. work in the indies because you couldn't yeah. make a living on TNA at the time. So you'd go back to the indies where everything's normal. Yeah, it I wasn't it. like you were on the road with the six sided ring full time. Yeah, no, I get that. I told, I totally understand. It is, you know. <laughs> and I will week. say, for the casual viewer, if you're flicking through channels, which used to be a thing. If you come across this wrestling show and see this weird yeah. shaped wrestling ring, you're you're not stopping. You're gonna look at it and go like, "What? I don't even know what this is." And just, well, I would stop. Is that That's that Mexican I... shit on Telemundo? They would think it's probably some lucha libre bullshit. Yeah. But you know, hey, it's good to have a gimmick. You don't think it's good to have a gimmick? You stand out. I hate gimmicks. Six sided steel, right? Six sides of steel. That was a good gimmick, bro. Come on. Well, until they shit. did lockdown where every match inside. Until they killed Chris Candido. Those bastards. Oh, jeez. It was a lockdown, right? I yeah. think it was the cage, right? The yeah. cage fucked him up. He got well, it wasn't the, the cage, it was because After the cameraman yeah. was in the ring. Oh he when he went to bump, he tried to avoid the cameraman and caught his leg under him and broke his leg. And then afterwards, he flew. Yeah. They didn't know he had a blood clot, and mm. that's what caused it. Crazy. Fucking TNA. Whack. So there's that. And then the other big news, Sting, your boy Sting, has announced he's retiring, I believe, the February or March. It's usually the end of February, beginning of March pay-per-view. Sting will be retiring. Oh, what do you think about that, Joe? Very difficult for me to put Sting's career probably in the proper respect. I look at Sting as the big fish in the small pond. To me, he was never the star. No. During the hottest periods of wrestling, he was either on the B shows or like when the NWO was the thing. He wasn't the like they built him up for that one starcade where he was the guy who was gonna. And the finish obviously was so flat. Yes, the the match it. wasn't good. As Eric Bischoff said, he didn't even have a tan. And <laughs> but to me, Sting has never been like that guy, and he's got that reputation as being like one of the preeminent stars of the past yes. 30, 35 years of the business. That longevity. And I. And this is me personally. So if you're going to attack, it's feel free to attack me. I've never seen him as that guy. Never. No. I mean, to me, put him in a top 10 for his time period. I don't think he's like even scratching the surface of a top 10. Hell no. No, he's he. Here's the thing. What's the most iconic sting moment? When he beat, I guess, Ric Flair at that Starcade that to win his first belt, like is that like, like, well, it was Clash of the Champions, and they, Clash of the Champions, whatever. And he, he doesn't even, he doesn't even win the belt, right? Doesn't he? They go to a sixty minute draw or something, but like that was know. the night that made him. Uh, so that's like I don't even like. I, I mean, I guess you break it down, right? Like, which Sting is your favorite? Do you prefer Surfer Sting? Do you prefer Crow Sting? Maybe you prefer people of a certain age. This is the sting they grew up with. Maybe they want Joker sting. Joker sting, baby. That was what I was going to say. 
Yeah, I just I always feel like we've always been told that Sting is important, right? That Sting is something. But when I look back at it, I'm like, well, why? Like, what exactly, <laughs> you know, WCW tried to transition to this guy to get rid of Ric Flair, and it failed miserably. They ran back to Ric Flair within months of, you know, Sting's reign. And he was always just kind of a guy, right? He was like, he was the WCW poster boy. But what did that mean, really? Like, like, oh boy, that's that's all. Oh, yeah, Sting, WCW. Okay, like I just like don't get me wrong, Sting on WTBS. TBS was in every household that had cable, yeah. right? Yeah, it was part of the basic cable package. So if you had it, you probably seen Sting. But at no point did I ever feel like anyone from WCW had broken through anywhere near the level of a lot of guys from the WWF. Yeah. And if you grew up on WCW, I, obviously you feel differently, but growing up where I grew up, watching what I watched and WWF. being involved in the pop culture, Sting, Flair, Luger, these guys didn't feel important no. unless they Only were on the other show. It was only when NWO came around. No one cared about WCW. They cared a little when Hogan jumped ship, but even it wasn't, you know, it wasn't crazy, you know, but. But when NWO, the NWO became a thing, that, oh, okay, that turned yeah. everything on its ear. And then, then Sting you, was supposed to be the guy who was going to rescue WCW, and they couldn't even do that right. No. They botched that, you know. As always, they had a hundred different things. But, you know, they got Goldberg, so, you know, at least they got something. And uh, Sting got left there. And also it hurt Sting, you know, people went to, to Vince afterwards. Sting went to TNA. And, you know, he had some good matches on there. You know, there's some Sting stuff in TNA that stands out. But, I mean, really, like, who saw it? Who cared, you know? To me, Goldberg is a much more known oh, star than Sting. Yes. Goldberg had crossover appeal. Sting never yeah. had Never crossover appeal, you know. He's been in like two commercials. I could think, you know, like he's never really that sprite commercial where he's taking the kid, and the kid down beating the, the shit out of the kid. <laughs> this is a great commercial, <laughs> you know. And then he had his WWE run. It was just terrible. I mean, he got hurt, obviously. You know, it got cut short. But th the way it started, they were not going to use this man properly. Losing to Triple H, just doing the Triple H match to begin with. That and was having the a, it should never have been like, Triple H. Like, come on. Listen, I understand may, like maybe you want to build to the Undertaker Sting thing nah, and not nah. give it away first time. No. Nah. But out of all the options that could have been there, Triple H versus Sting would have been so far down yes. on my list of and then plus how much older was he by then? Yes, he was like, already old then. Was Sting he just... like 50 years old by the time he finally makes his WWE oh. debut? 100%. It's got to be at least, yes. So even if he doesn't kill time in TNA, I mean, he still would have been older if he would have came immediately to WWE after the the yeah. buyout of WCW. I I mean, do, do we think about him differently then if they get the machine behind him and treat him like a star? Maybe. I, I Probably. Think I think if he comes in at the invasion, I think, yes, I think things I think things would be different. I think we would look at him a little different. You know, that was, uh, so let's see, Sting is 64 right now, and that WrestleMania was WrestleMania 31, so they're up to WrestleMania 4, so that was nine years ago, so yeah, he was way over 50, just trying to do his, you know, trying to get a run in, and that yeah. didn't last, 
He's been good in AEW. He's had some good matches. He now, does crazy shit. You if, know? He, if Sting comes in 22 years ago, he's still 42. Yes. Sure. But there's a big difference between being 42 and there's a big difference yes. between being 55. Yes, 42. I could still expect him to, to put on a couple bangers. You know, not not every week he's going to be on Raw, but yeah. every pay-per-view, like Sting's going to bust his ass and you're going to get a good-ass match. And, you know, he still tries now. He tries to hang in there. He always hangs I, out with I Darby give, Allen and shit. I give Sting like, a ton of credit because yeah, he don't got to be doing the kind of he shit don't gotta that he's do doing. Nothing. This guy's jumping off balconies, taking crazy bumps and shit. He does not need to do that, but he's like, he wants to prove something to himself. He still got it. He could still go. And you know he's 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 still good. You know every time Sting's in a match, it's not like oh it's you know I see Jeff Jarrett, I'm like uh, I see Sting, I'm like okay, you know that's not bad. And he's I give Sting it. also credit for kind of embracing the way uh, things have changed. Like I yes. can't imagine Sting in the T like TNA era Sting looking at Orange Cassidy and being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go out and do this yeah. spot with this kid and like. Pretend I'm slapping him and slowly yeah, slow, beat my slow chest. Slow mo, yeah, it's true. There's no, no Undertaker ain't showing up at AEW playing along with nothing. Oh, you mean <laughs> Patreon available, Mark Calloway? <laughs> I saw. So what's this? He's starting a podcast. He's starting a podcast yeah. that is available only if you're a subscribed member to his Patreon. Okay. And oh, different levels will give you access to different things. Like at one level, <clears throat> you're able to. Ask questions. Oh, fuck, bro. You can ask a question. <laughs> you want to tweet us? $2 a tweet. <laughs> Don't be mentioning us at all unless you're sending a cash app with two bucks. I don't want to see it, bro. Man, I know I know Kayfabe's dead, but The Undertaker was always that guy like, oh, he's successful because, you know... You don't see him out yes. there doing all, you know, whenever you see him, he's the, undertaker. he's the Undertaker. And now he's just like this old Texan loves Jesus guy now yes. and like trying to find every way to cash in on everything, which listen, I, I get that. It's just and I'm and as someone who was never an Undertaker fan, you know what I mean? Yes. Like I at least respected the commitment to the gimmick. And like it's seeing stuff like this, like, dude, I don't I don't know. I know people love The Undertaker. I know he's one of the biggest stars in the history of the business. I know people are going to pay whatever they want to, whatever they're, you know, whatever they have to pay, they will pay to hear The Undertaker do this thing. But even when I see clips of him on other people's podcasts, like when he does Rogan or any any of this shit, it's just like, oh my God, it's it's very weird. Very weird. But I also believe wrestling is not like the rest of entertainment wrestling we treat differently and maybe i'm still wrong for acting like that no i don't think it's wrong to think you know you should keep some kind of gimmick keep some some kayfabe alive not Mm -hmm. everything needs to be discussed and analyzed like you know some things just hey it's wrestling keep it to wrestling i get it baby it's all right I love your old man takes, yeah. Back in my days, these kids. (laughs) I just don't think wrestling has reached the point where everyone treats it like a genuine TV show, which it is. But people do not look at it that way. 100% no. It's a sport, baby. (laughs) Like, you know, with the the bloodline kind of imploding, 
if I see the Usos at the airport sitting there getting Chick-fil-A with, with Roman, yes, that it's would silly. I'd be like, yo, like what the fuck? Yes, I get it. We we understand it's the show, but still, you know, there should be some some bad blood. I understand. Mm. Enough wrestling talk. Look, I love sneaking in that wrestling talk every week. I love it. Mm. You know, for you guys hey. who complained <laughs> last week that the show was too short. You about to be in for it now, my friend. <laughs> yes, sir. Real fast. I'm just going to bring up a couple things here. Joe, I went to the movies this weekend. Ooh, baby. We went to see Taylor Swift errors. Oh, snap. so I looked into going to this myself, but it wasn't included with my yes, unlimited it, membership. It wasn't. Yeah. It so was a special I was like, event. what the fuck? Fuck this. I know. And then I saw that there was a screening of oh fuck oh, Back to the Future. There was a oh, Fathom what's... event for Back to the Future, and I was like, this is great. I'll go see Back to the Future instead. I remember I saw it in theaters originally when it first mm. came out in 1985, I believe. It's my first ever favorite movie, and I said, I'm going to go see Back to the Future. Fuck you, Taylor Swift. And then guess what? Fathom events aren't included in yeah. your unlimited membership either, so I stayed the fuck home. <laughs> Any special event does it count because they try to charge you extra. Like the Taylor Swift ticket is a twenty dollar ticket. It was twenty one and change. Yeah, yeah, it's twenty dollars. So annoying, but uh, we did it. Oh boy, I feel mm. uh, you know it's two hours forty five minutes. Uh, it's filmed from her L.A. shows. They cut out, you know, I guess some of the talking and like two or three songs. Like if you look at the set list, it's pretty. It's pretty much the whole show. Um, so that was cool. Uh, we had a great time. We picked, we looked because, right? Obviously, the first week it was all crazy because it was the first week, but now they now extended you took, it. You took of the course, little girl with you, too. I took my wife and daughter, of course. It had to take the Swifties with me. We went, we looked for a screening that had people in it. We didn't want to go and just be four people in a movie theater. So we saw four o'clock was pretty full. So we picked that one, and it was good mm. because. There was tons of little kids there. They were up singing and dancing. Shiloh went down, hanging out with some of the big girls. She got a bracelet. She was dancing with them, having a good time, bro. It's a party. It's a lot of fun. It's really, it's really cool thing to do. I'm happy we went to do that. So now, originally, this was planned to play for one weekend. One weekend only, yeah. And now, it has like changed. Whole year. <laughs> yeah. It will be playing for thirteen weekends. Yeah. The whole year, basically, till the end of the year. Yeah. Thursday so if you haven't Saturday, seen, Sunday. you haven't seen it, it's going to be available. You'll have your chance to go see it. I'm sure this is going to get many people going multiple times. You think? Because that's the thing. We, I was nervous, even though they said it was going to be around for a while. I was like, but I feel like really last week everyone ran there to do that thing, and maybe this week and next week. But I feel like after a while, I think it might be. Not so packed. and Oh, I would think so. I would think maybe. But I think these five weeks, we're going to have yeah, you know, you people like, oh, my God, I got to go see it again. Or especially if you were at the live show, if you did get to see the show in person. Oh, my God, I got to go. I just, I just want to see that and be in that moment again. I could see a lot of that. So I have to say, right, like the concert's great. If you love Taylor, you're going to have a good time. I will say that the concert itself, you know, I think she could do a little more. You know, the money I'm paying, mm, I think your stage show could be a little more. So I'll just sing. Really? 
Yeah, it's a lot of just singing on a big stage. What, what would you like? A little more props, a little more sets, maybe. You know, always got costume props handy. A couple like more me. costumes. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Someday <laughs> I'll be living in a big old city. All you're ever gonna be is mean. There you go. Stage show setup. Uh, so, like, I just feel like, you know, it's just her singing and some people dancing in the background a lot of times. Like, hmm. forevermore, evermore, she brought out the cabin. Like, she had a cabin on the stage. That was cool, you know, stuff like that. But for the other stuff, she's just like, hey, here's the Red Album. I'm wearing red. You know, that's it. So. Hey, here's 1989. I brought a time machine. <laughs> you know, because when we were thinking about going, we're like... I don't want to sit behind like the screen or nothing. We could have sat behind the fucking screen. We wouldn't have missed nothing. There was nothing to miss. So, you know, honey, work on your, your stage show a little more. That's wow. all I got to say. Everything else is good, though. The wow. singing is fun. Just, you know, a little Shots more. I want, fired. I want a little more on my concerts. That's all. You know, give me something else. <laughs> and the one other movie I want to talk about, it's, uh, it's going to lead into our spooky snake season here. Uh, this horror movie came out last week. It's called Dark Harvest. It has a really good premise. I think you would enjoy the idea of this movie. Maybe you like the movie, maybe you won't. But the idea of it is that every Halloween night or whatever night it is, I think it's Halloween night, um, there's a, a evil pumpkin monster called Sawtooth. He comes out from the cornfield, right? And all the boys, all the high school seniors, have to get together and try to kill this monster before it reaches the church. If it reaches the church, the town is doomed. Some bullshit's going to happen, you know. So it's a race against the clock. Oh, no, we got to kill this thing. And the boy who kills it, they win a car. Their family wins a house. They win some money. It's the whole thing. It takes place in, like, the 60s. So everyone's looking like, you know, greases, you know, mm -hmm. pony boys, stay golden, you know, shit like that. Um, and I have to say, this movie was... Pony boys, stay golden, <laughs> shit like that. You know, now people know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Bringing up a hundred-year-old reference. <laughs> but when I see those, like, greases with the, the fucking hair and the... Oh, wait. That's what you think you know? of? <laughs> With the leather jacket, they all got leather jackets and shit. You know, you know the types, bro. Uh, this is on VOD, right? You got to pay for it. It's happened sometimes. Once in a while, you got to pay for a movie. But I'm telling you, this movie, I think, is going to be a new Halloween classic. This is something people are going to be watching every year. It's a lot of fun. The monster is really good looking. You know, we don't we get a lot of monsters, but sometimes they don't look so good. You know, Are you saying good looking like the design of the monster is good, or like yeah, he's handsome? not like he's not handsome. It's <laughs> like, like a like pumpkin. handsome monster. <laughs> no, it's not a handsome monster because it's like a pumpkin that's decayed and he's scary looking. You don't okay. You wouldn't call him handsome. He eats your face. Yeah, you don't not that. my type of handsome. <laughs> it's based on a book. I haven't read the book. I watch movies before books. I will read the book now. People like the book. People like the movie. Dark Harvest, VOD. It's like $5 on your Amazon, on your Apple, wherever the fuck you watch movies. Watch it. If you're not happy, I'll send you a dollar. There you go. Wow. <laughs> oh, but that was just one of the movies I watched for Spooky Snake Season. But 
there's only one that really matters. Right, Joe? Mm, might as well <laughs> hit some music. <laughs> it's the season. The spooky snake season. <laughs> Spooky snake season, Joe. Sadly, the final. Yeah, sadly, it's the final week of spooky snake season. Oh, what a shame! Do, but do, do. <laughs> do, 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 do. Joe's do, do, finally do, happy. He's like, Yes, do, 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 the day do, has do, finally do, come. It's at a deck of cards right now. I just <laughs> it's an illusion, Michael. Oh, so we had to go out with a bang for this last week of spooky snake season, Joe. We spun a wheel, a wheel of horror classics. And I'm talking real classic, not not Gomez classics. Thank like God. Like a basket case or something, which is a classic, but sure, it's not everyone's cup of tea. But I put legitimate horror classics on this list, and it landed on the 1974 The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, baby. Now, I know, of course, you haven't seen this movie. Never. Never. Mm, but what, what what's your reputation? Like, what have you heard of this movie, right? So when I think of, like, the big horror classics, now, obviously, Child of the 80s, everything for a lot of my peers at the time was Freddy and Jason. Freddy and Jason. It was always Freddy and Jason. If you're going to someone's house for Halloween, it was we're going to watch a Freddy movie or we're going to watch a Jason movie. If we yes. had a snow day, it was, oh, let's go rent a Jason movie. Let's. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that shit. I'd rather <laughs> just play fucking NHL 95 again. Like, why can't we just play Sega Genesis? There's a new Beavis and Butthead game we could watch. Why we got to watch this Freddy and Jason bullshit? And I probably didn't hear of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre until nah, probably junior high. And then I'm wondering, like, what this Leatherface is. And I know nothing. I just know Leatherface is the dude who kills people with a chainsaw. Yes. So that's about all the knowledge I have about this going in, except that the character has been shoplifted for many other things, including <laughs> pro wrestling for years yes. and years and years. Oh, we had cool. uh, Corporal Kirshner who had an LJN figure who played the character of Leatherface over in Japan for many, many years. I think at one point they changed the name to Super Leather. <laughs> I love it. Uh, over in PWS for a while, where I was doing the revolting blob, shoplifting a character. Uh, there was another guy who was doing giant leather. Ooh. <laughs> so we, we shoplifted that. We had a whole bunch of tribute characters back then. You had me as the blob. You had giant leather. You had a guy doing King Hippo, a guy doing Little Mac, love, a guy doing Bonesaw. Joey Janela did Starman from the 8-bit pro wrestling NES game. That's was... who Starman was? <laughs> <laughs> so there was a whole bunch of us. But that's pretty much where 
my knowledge of Texas Chainsaw Massacre begins and ends. I could kind of put together that at some (laughs) point there's going to be this dude with a chainsaw who ends up killing some people. Yes. That's just me using the methods of deduction. Very smart there, Sherlock. (laughs) What does does IMDb tell me that this movie's about, Joe? Well, I'm glad you asked because IMDb says five friends head out to rural Texas to visit the grave of a grandfather. On the way, they stumble across what appears to be a deserted house, only to discover something sinister within. Something armed with a chainsaw. Ooh, that's a that's a nice. I like that. That's that's good shit right there. Now, we heard about my background with this movie, Gomez. What about you? Tell me about your beginnings with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre here. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre was always the movie you heard. This is the scariest, the craziest movie. Oh my goodness, this movie is so crazy. I probably didn't see it till, you know, I was in my teenage years, maybe early 20s, something like that. I rented it. Um, and I, you know, I liked it. But for me, it was like, oh, this is this is the movie. This is this is this is it, you know? Because I, I'm been hyped because up, you know. You've been built up I, for yes. years at this point. You're a horror yeah. boy. You're like, this is a movie I gotta get to yeah, eventually. Whoa. Same case with me comedy boy by the time i finally saw caddyshack sure i get it yeah or animal house by yeah, the time f- i finally oh, got around goodness. to seeing either of those movies which everyone regards as oh my these are classic Classics, these the are and by the time i saw them i walked away going i guess 100%. Which I'm sure if people, younger people listen to this show and they say, what does this motherfucker keep talking about Anchorman as the great yes, and old school 100%. as these great comedies? Yes. Like, I'm sure it is. They look at that and what the fuck is this? This yeah. is terrible. 100%. That's how it is. They don't but appreciate yes. a good squirrel on water skis. <laughs> look at him go. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that was me. I was like, okay. Uh, so that clouded my judgment, right? Because when you see something and you're built up, you're like, oh, what the fuck? Years later, my opinion has changed as I watch and appreciate what's going on in the thing. And now it is uh, it is one of my favorites now. So the movie comes out in 1974, runs uh, an hour and 23 minutes, nice. and is regarded as one of the all-time classics and kind of one of the innovators of the slasher yeah. uh, subgenre here. And for me, uh, every time we watch one of these movies, obviously I come in, I do a little research, right? Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago when we watched Ready or Not, we talked about Samara Weaving's character Grace as being a really good final girl. Yes. And doing some research after uh, this movie, and I'm reading up and it says uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is um, credited with one of the early final girls. Yes, And I said, you know, that's interesting to me because we always talk about the final girl. I feel like it's a trope that is very well known, even to someone like me, who's not necessarily full, uh, full bore on the horror genre. But like, where does that really start then? Where does the final girl start? Like what, what was the beginning of the, so I look up the final girl theory. Love it. 
and I, I start going down a whole rabbit hole of like what the final girl is, what people disagree about when it comes to the final girl. Uh, like the character in this movie is um, Sally, is Sally. played by Marilyn mm-hmm. Burns, and she's credited with being one of the original final girls. But yet there's a ton of people who are like, she's not a real final girl, which is amazing to me that we have this kind of disagreement so gomez in your opinion as a horror guy what do you think the final girl actually means to me it's just uh it's usually the the main character that usually we follow doesn't always mean that but usually we're following one person and they're the one who goes through the most trauma and survives you know she can't just walk in and be like, oh, hey, I survived. No, she's got to go through some shit. You know, she's got to fight back. She has to do stuff. So on Wikipedia, they list this as the last girl or woman alive to confront the killer, ostensibly yeah. the only one remaining who can tell the yeah. story, which is sure. basically what you just said. Yeah. Yet there is a lot of dispute with this mm. because they uh, a lot. there are a lot of people apparently who believe that the final girl has to go above that. They have to have a level of moral purity to them, or they have to have a level of uh, combativeness. They can't just run away or have someone rescue them. They have to be the ones to put an end to it. So a lot of people take issue with the fact that Sally here is the final girl because she doesn't really do anything that to harm Leatherface. She survives. She, she survives. She gets out by the skin of her teeth. And I found this super interesting so now as i'm going back and looking at the history of final girl i go well if this is one of the movies credited with being the innovators of the slasher subgenre where does horror really go back to and this sets me uh, down the rabbit hole of horror oh, movies yes. in general let's go baby <laughs> so before we even talk about our movie of the week i love learning i'm very inquisitive by nature and though i'm not a fan of the horror genre as we say every week here i there is a level of interest i have in it because it obviously people are working on different mindsets we all have different interests and for i'm i'm not kidding myself i i would be kidding myself if i said just because i don't like it it's not popular it's obviously very popular it's obviously a burgeoning industry people go out and see all these movies we have conventions we have Uh, stars within the horror genre who are only stars within the horror genre so this is obviously something that is very big it's just obviously not for me but like where does this go back to then where does horror kind of start and i've come across an article from the new york film academy which i will uh link to in the description here this week and uh tweet out during the week as well um really what is credited as being the first horror movie is called Le Manoir du Diable. And it is from 1896. It is a three-minute short that translates loosely to The Haunted Castle. And it's believed to be the first horror film, even though it wasn't meant to be a quote-unquote horror film, but it features things like cauldrons and animated skeletons and ghosts and even an incarnation of the devil and this kind this film was kind of rediscovered in around 1977 that can actually be traced back. So that's where we get this. And that's where kind of horror starts. But it isn't until the turn of the century in the early 1900s that now we're starting with the creation of the film industry. 
Yeah. We start getting what's called the literary years, Gomez. Mm. From 1900 to 1920, we get stories like Frankenstein, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and the werewolf, all based on literary classics as the source material. But these are not the versions of these movies that are kind of more widely known. These are just the first incarnations of them as made by Edison Studios. Mm. Um, I believe these do exist still. You can find copies of them, but they are not to be confused with the future Universal Monster Universal movies that come monster, later yeah. <clears throat> until we get to the golden age of horror, which is the 20s and 30s. Yes. And for a lot of people, this is considered the finest error of the genre. Mm. Now, a couple of years ago, you and I went back, watched all the Universal Monster you did, movies. Yes. <clears throat> So you could go find that in the archives as well. If you want to go back and listen to some old car Jomez, I would appreciate if you do. Um, but this almost splits evenly between silent films and talkie films, because now we're sure, on yeah. that bridge here. <clears throat> yeah. So you get what's known as classics uh, in the silent realm, like The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari from 1920. Yeah. Great. And then Nosferatu from 1922. Nosferatu, yes. So you've seen both one. of these? You agree yes. with those? Yeah, those are the big. Those are yes. That's usually where we start our horror journey when we uh, go back. It's usually Nosferatu. <clears throat> it's like the the big one. Like, oh my god, look what they did back in the twenties. Like, look at this, what they're doing. And this is what is commonly referred to as the the first movies to make the attempt to genuinely unsettle the audience. Yeah. Definitely. Whereas I was saying about. La Manoir du Diable was just kind of horror in tone. Now we're getting filmmakers actively trying to make you uncomfortable. And then we get the talkies, obviously, Frankenstein, the mummy, uh, and a color adaptation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And in 1930, it's the first time the word horror is used to describe the genre. And you have horror, quote unquote, stars being born like Bela Lugosi, whose first uh, kind of recognized as a star solely within the horror genre. Sure. So now I'm like finding all this out and still now, like I said, we've gone back, we've watched the universal monster movie. Yeah. So I, I have an idea of what yeah. the genre is for the time period. Sure. Yeah. But where do we, where does the change come over where it's just, we're not monsters based on books. Like where are we coming into these kinds of slasher gore, yeah type things and really it doesn't appear to come by until really the 50s where alfred hitchcock starts making movies and he, i guess he's regarded now i've heard of alfred hitchcock i've seen a lot of alfred hitchcock movies i don't want to say a lot but i've seen, seen alfred hitchcock ones. movies. Yeah. yeah you've seen the big ones uh and people give him single-handedly the credit for creating the slasher subgenre. sure yeah uh but also during that time period of the 40s and 50s there's like real life stuff going on with wars in Europe and people fearing um, nuclear fallout. Yes, so a lot of the stuff at that war. time yes. is about like radioactive mutation, which is how we get Godzilla and the mm -hmm. incredible shrinking man. Yeah. And then like the fear of invasion. So we got war of the worlds and when worlds collide, this is all super interesting to me. So now, uh, but I'm still like, where does this fucking yes. chainsaw killer come from? <laughs> And it, it's really not until, you know, obviously they say Hitchcock was the one to kind of set it in motion, but it's um, 
it's it's kind of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? It's it is. Yes. It's this seventies eighties time period where we get we we get like these real beginning of the slasher movies where it's that um that kind of relentless antagonist who's hunting and and killing in ever inventive ways, right? That's yeah. what we get. And so then we get like the characters of Leatherface. We get the characters of Jason, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, who we now we get full on franchises from, which was completely unheard of yes. for horror movies at the time. And this brings us to our final girl. And this is where, so I went down the rabbit hole. I read all about this stuff. I'm super interested in where all this comes from now because everything has to come from something, right? Yeah. And something as simple as the theory of the final girl and just saying, oh, well, if this is the original final girl, like how did this even become a thing? Set me back hours and days of my life. <laughs> I love it. Genuinely reading articles about the horror genre as a whole and having a, a better appreciation of it. It helps to know what you're talking about when you want to talk. I mean, it's easy to watch a movie and come on, talk about it, but to, to know the tropes and uh, someone like Gomez, who is a horror aficionado, our friend Matt Stein over at the monster mad madness podcast, horror aficionados. And a lot of people who listen to this show have a much better understanding of this stuff than I do. And I'm here learning about a movie from like 1932 called freaks. Have you ever heard of freaks Gomez? Yes. One of us, baby. So I have never seen this movie. Oh, never heard of this movie. Oh, really? But like in the thirties, apparently like public outcry against horror movies is becoming a big thing. So there's this movie freaks and it gets censored so heavily that, um, like the original cut of this movie doesn't even exist, and to this yeah, day, apparently, still holds up as being genuinely disturbing. Yeah, it's creepy, so fucking weird. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and this all came from the final girl and wanting to know what the final girl was and where it came from and why. Because to me, the 70s is not that that long ago, even we're talking about 49 years since the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, yeah. was released at this point so it's just it's so crazy to me that that exists and then you have really there's a list of I guess people who are qualified as final girls oh yeah <laughs> and the first one is uh, Lila Crane from Psycho okay so 1960 that that's really the first quote unquote final girl the term final girl wasn't even used until 1992 I believe it so <laughs> it was um, coined by Carol J. Clover. She wrote a book in 1992 called Men, Women, and Chainsaws, Gender in the Modern Horror Film. And she's the one Ooh. who coined the phrase Final Girl. Interesting. That's very interesting there. So that's Ooh. where that comes from. Very, th that's why when I, to me, that's kind of a new concept, but, but I'm also in my 40s now. So I don't think of the sure. 70s as being that old. Yeah, um, it's true. Yes, I get it. <laughs> it's just, that's just the other year. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. We're, we're talking about less than a decade from when this movie came out to when I was born. So to me, it's not that old. And when I see, oh, she's credited as being one of the original final girls, I'm going, but, but that, that just, that just happened. <laughs> So the movie now, Gomez, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. I pretty much got what I expected, I think. And I'm not, 
I don't want to say I was looking forward to watching this movie, but I wasn't as nervous going into this movie as I usually am with <laughs> other movies simply because of the age of this film. I'm sure. looking at a 49-year-old movie and I'm saying, you know what? Whatever I'm about to see is probably relatively tame by today's standards. Probably would have freaked me the fuck out at the time, but coming off what I just had to cover my eyes for in Saw X, I think I may be okay yes. here. This is fucking Disney Channel shit compared to what you just saw as Saw X, bro. <laughs> so the budget on this movie was only $140,000. The original yeah. budget for it was actually sixty, And then because of all the things they came across in editing, they had to raise another $80,000. So the filmmakers had to start selling off ownership portions Ooh. of the film to be able to complete it. That's Ends up grossing $30.8 million at the box office. That's insane. So a massive success. Poof. There was nothing like it. That's why. Think about it. You're in the 70s, right? Movies are starting to get crazy, though, right? That's like the golden age, Scorsese, and those people are starting to come and start getting, like, you're getting crazy movies. So this is a product of its time. But still, there's nothing. To be a teenager, let's go check this movie. I think just the, the commercials probably just freaked these people out, the way they marketed it and just, oh. So Toby Hooper writes and directs this film, and originally he wants to keep it PG, the idea behind this was to keep it PG, and his idea is that if he could keep the violence down, the language down, cut out uh, all nudity entirely, which I guess, which I assume I'm going to see in a low budget horror type movie. Cool. I'm, there's always going to be some like naked girl running across a field or something until she gets her head chopped be. off. Um, but if he could keep the nudity completely out of it and having most of the actual scary stuff kind of implied and off screen. He feels like he could keep it PG, which would make it more marketable. But when he submits the film, it comes back with an X rating. Which is so crazy, bro. Like that is like. <laughs> because all the off screen stuff to the audiences made it even more terrifying because now their imaginations are running yeah, wild. That's, that's always what it is. The movie in your head is worse than what's on the screen. It happens a lot. So he resubmits it. It comes back with an X rating again. Resubmits it again. X rating. He does this however many times until it finally comes back with a rated R and then finally just gives up and says, fuck it, let's put it out. So it does get a rated R. Watching it by today... I would say even for someone like me, pretty tame, very watchable. The time, even for an hour and 23 minutes, I feel like it does kind of drag a bit in certain places, but it's also short enough to where you're not completely taken out of the film and disinterested. It drags, but then it, it's not dragging long enough for you to, to lose interest. Yeah, 100%. So we, we get these five kids. Now, the early premise of the, the beginning premise of this movie, like why they're on this trip in the first place, they're driving around in a van to go visit their grandfather's grave. And they're, they're not all even all related. It's like two couples. And then yeah. the one girl's uh, crippled brother in a wheelchair, and they're driving around in this van and they're going to go visit the grave, but there's a rash of grave robbings going on. <laughs> and it makes me think that they just want to make sure the grandfather's grave wasn't robbed. Maybe. Yeah. And I don't know, man. Like, I can't see myself giving a shit if the grave was robbed, you know? Like, 
the person's dead. Sure. Uh, I understand you're kind of desecrating the body. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I'm the one who put them in a box and had them, you know, covered up six <laughs> feet underground. So I did what I did. Was that any better? But like they do show us, you know, the police scene around this one cemetery where corpses are getting posed and shit oh, on top so of you, you don't want that now that's a little much <laughs> i mean depends maybe they're maybe what are like they doing tuxedo hats like hello my baby hello my you know there's a pulley system or something <laughs> you know if we get something like, like hocus pocus cemetery stuff going on here then i don't know maybe i'm in I get it. You you know, I get that. But also, people always looking for a reason for a trip, right? You always reason, look, hey, let's go check the grave. We'll make a trip out of it, have a good time, you know? But I just don't feel like they had really an end game for their trip. They're going to go visit this house that the, the brother and sisters, I guess, father owned at one time. But it's like run down, abandoned. It, it hasn't been kept up at all. Why is this the kind of place you want to go? Like if you're gonna go snowy. take a road trip, go take a road trip. I'm I'm all about that. Go see the country, see the sights. There are so many sights. The the world's biggest ball of string, right? Let's go see it. Don't send me into the middle of Texas. And believe me, if you've never been to Texas, this is exactly how you picture Texas in your head. <laughs> As they're driving around this incredible wasteland of hicks and and southerners, this I, I'm watching this going. And I, I, we have a big Texas audience here, so I'm sorry I'm insulting you. I've been to your real cities, Dallas, Arlington, Houston, Houston especially. Wonderful town. Love it. Love the real cities in Texas. Wherever the fuck this is filmed, this is what most people think Texas is. Because <laughs> that's most of Texas. <laughs> Those cities are just Texas a small... is very fucking big. Yeah. <laughs> Those cities are just a drop in the hat, bro. <laughs> So why you would want to go to this abandoned house with that appears to have like no electricity, no water. They're hippies, like, bro. They're looking to get high and do some of that fucking, bro. Come on. That's I it. Mean, like, but you could do that anywhere. Like <laughs> anywhere. Like this is the shit like that. Like you can go anywhere. You have a car. And you're bringing the the guy in the wheelchair with you. Like, so, you know, like you're going to be handcuffed at least a little bit because you got to bring this guy everywhere. You got to put up planks of wood for him to get in and out of. I was going to say, moving that chair in Texas is not going to be fun, bro. And I see him rolling the wheelchair on gravel and shit. Like, Like, where are you going, going, bro? What the fucking kind of industrial strength tires you got on this fucking wheelchair that he's navigating over gravel and grass and just moving like everything's good wheelchairs haven't changed much in 50 years kind of like they they did it and they're like we did it guys wheelchairs are done we made it no improvements that's it we we put (laughs) motors on them now that's the only yes, but that's a whole nother thing but just a regular the wheels don't look different there's no better grips it's all just a wheelchair it's like a toilet right they made they invented the toilet and said, I said, boys, we, we just, just made it, it bigger. That's it. We just <laughs> we did. increased it, right? <laughs> the hole's a little bigger now. That's it. <laughs> uh, so we get the first uh the first couple goes, oh, we're gonna go swimming. They go out to look for the water hole. 
for some reason they see this generator leading to another house. Now, why? Why? And this is where I get mad. This is where I get mad with these fucking horror movies. You see a house. It's got a generator. Obviously, they're doing something over there. Leave them the fuck alone. Maybe it's the New Yorker in me. Well, listen, I don't care if we're on the same subway car. Just because you're sitting next to me and I'm sitting next to you don't mean we know each other. Don't mean we're talking to each other. Don't mean we want to know about each other. Maybe that's the New Yorker in me. But in Texas, you go out to the middle of nowhere and see a dilapidated fucking house with a fucking generator attached to it, a gas generator. You think you're going to be able to borrow some gas from these people you don't fucking know. Gas is fucking expensive. The 70s were the gas crisis. (laughs) What the fuck do you think you're going to do? Leave those people alone. Just go back to the fucking gas. The guy said he was getting a gas delivery. Listen, you know, I don't complain about people being stupid in movies anymore because people are just stupid, period. So I go, you know, I go, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But, yeah, I can see someone doing that. Yep, someone would be stupid enough to do that. And you know what? You're like, oh, one of those lights. Let's go see what's over there. Now, I will will give these kids credit because maybe they don't want to go back to that gas station because I got a very creepy vibe from it, too. And the... (laughs) The uh, proprietor of the gas station saying we got barbecue on the inside. That scared the shit out of me. And then when he brought that guy the barbecue, I looked at that and I went, that don't look like no meat I've ever fucking had. And I've had a lot of fucking meat in my mouth. But let me tell you something. All these movies, when they got to get gas, it's the worst place ever. I would just carry just jugs, jugs of gas in the back. of. I'm never stopping nowhere. And now you also have to take into consideration that these people know where they're going, right? They have a destination in mind. So you would think they know, oh, maybe we should bring a gas can. Yes. Let's preemptively bring extra gas just in case. (laughs) Nope. Let's go to the one deserted gas station. Let's hope it's open. And Let's then hope everything. When they do go to the summit, we're planning on going to the they go. What do they spend? Like eight seconds there? Like, okay, grandfather, peace. Oh, no one touched it. We good. <laughs> we good. He's still there. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so we get our, our first encounter with Leatherface at this moment where they go into this house that they should not be going in. They just let themselves into someone else's house. The guy walks in first. He gets taken in a very sudden scene, taken. The fucking door swings closed. The girl standing outside saying, what the fuck is taking this guy so long? She goes into the house to look for him, thinks he's playing a prank. She walks into a room where we have bones, animal bones, who knows what other kinds of bones all strewn strewn all over the room on the floor. We got fucking animal skins hanging down. This thing in 2023 eyes is creepy as fuck. Bad news. Now, me, I say, I got to get the fuck out of here. Instant. Turn. What the fuck is this? It's time to go. It's time to leave. There's a lowercase T burning on my front lawn telling me time to leave. Not this girl. She's calling for the guy. She's making noise. Like, <laughs> girl, why are you doing this? Remember, Joe, 
horror movies didn't exist then. Horror she don't know better. They don't she know don't know better. Things. She don't know. She's like, See, oh, but my friend, it's like every time else. now in the real world where like science tries to genetically engineer something, and I'm like, <laughs> haven't you people ever seen the fucking Terminator? Everything right now with AI? Haven't you ever heard of Skynet? Don't you know what fucking happens? Motherfucker, I can't be the only one. I, there's a billion of this podcast. A billion people do the same fucking podcast we do, Gomez. They all know about Skynet. How don't the scientists? They're too busy being nerds. They don't watch cool movies like Terminator, bro. Oh, my God. So this girl makes enough noise. She gets fucking taken and of put course. on a meat hook. Where else you gonna put her? Save her for later. Uh, the guy from earlier is already dead and on the cutting table. <laughs> Fresh we have meat, a, a very clean kitchen, and and this butcher guy. And I'm going, what the fuck? And he's he's taking off the. And I don't I don't know the characters' names here because they're they're in the movie for so little time. At the end of the day, Just um, but. He's taking this guy into pieces, like just easily, like a fucking butcher. Like you can tell he's a professional. He's obviously gotten some good training here. He obviously knows what he's doing. And he cleans up after himself because it's not like there's fucking blood painting the walls. Finally, those two never come back. The other three people, you got the Sally and her brother and her boyfriend. They say, oh, let's go to town and get that, ga that gas now. And they're like, no, we got to wait for the other two. Big fucking mistake. Never wait. <laughs> Never wait. Once again, they've never seen horror movies before. So the guy goes off into the woods and he's like, oh, I'll find them. Guess, guess what he does? He walks into a stranger's house. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a Texas thing, bro. You just go up to people's houses. You go up in there. I wouldn't do that. I figured you get shot. That's what they tell you. Like, if you're I don't from know. Texas, please tell us. Do you just walk in, randomly walk into strangers' houses when you're in a part of town that you probably shouldn't have business being in? <laughs> Sounds like the worst thing to do. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, in New York, we lock our fucking doors. Yeah, doors don't stay open, bro. <laughs> in Florida, we lock our fucking doors, especially in Florida. So. I would hope so, bro. So the guy disappears. The girl says she's going to go look for him. The brother in the wheelchair says, oh, he's going to go with her. Where you going, bro? <laughs> Where you going? Obvi now, as we... Uh, obviously, the brother gets killed relatively quick here. I mean, come on, yes. He's, he's, <laughs> he's in a wheelchair. Like, what it's are we really doing? Pretty easy target there. <laughs> be disappointed if he survived. And what seems like relatively early into this movie, we're down to the final girl. Yeah, so I mean, like, Jesus, bro. She's there dealing with this nonsense for fucking 40 minutes. Give her her credit, bro. What are we doing? That's fucked up to do. Um, And we get, the, you know, the what has become the stereotypical maniac chasing his prey uh, chase scenes. Yes. You know, he's running her down through the woods. She's running into the house. She's getting turned around. She's going in the wrong direction. Yes. She ends oh, up back at Leatherface's house and she runs to upstairs. We get what appears to be these dead fucking bodies uh, sitting in rocking chairs. Very creepy looking. Mm. Uh, she goes to run down the stairs. Leatherface is coming back into his house because it's his fucking house. Yes. <laughs> Why wouldn't he come back? <laughs> 
But apparently, oh. he doesn't know how to open doors. This is the one person who doesn't know how to open the door to his own fucking house. Everybody just walks right in. No problem. Not Leatherface. He thinks he's been locked out, so he got to cut down the fucking door. <laughs> Listen, he's had enough of opening doors today, bro. He did a lot of opening doors. These people keep coming in. He's closing and opening doors a lot. He's just had enough, bro. He's uh, frustrated. So we get our chase. We get uh, finally our girl... Sally gets kidnapped. The whole family's around now, right? Yeah. We get the the old man, like the family? proprietor of the gas station, who I said was creepy. At when he showed up, I was like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. I knew it. We get the hitchhiker from earlier in the movie, who I don't think we spoke about, but this will also tell you. Maybe this is the New York in me. Do not pick up hitchhikers. I mean, that would never even cross my mind. I fucking run you over before I let you in my car, bro. Now, I got a. Now, this was hitchhiker culture was definitely a thing. Yes. 100%. Even as we were kids, it was a very common thing to see in always. all our popular culture. It was yes. always, oh, the hitchhiker, the hitchhiker, the hitchhiker. Put your thumb up. Yeah. So you saw this quite a bit. Hitchhiker culture has got to be one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen. Why? Would you stop and pick up a stranger? Then people wonder, like, where'd my kids go? Where'd my family go? Why haven't I heard from these people? They picked up a fucking hitchhiker, bro. People weren't crazy back then, apparently, bro. It was just, hey, what's up? Where you going? This Let's go together. He's hanging outside a slaughterhouse. He looks like he hasn't showered in fucking weeks. He's yes. exactly the type of person yes. you do not pick up. 100%. He fit every every stereotype was this man. If you right went there. down the checklist of <laughs> things that should be red flags in a, a group of people on a road trip and a hitchhiker relationship, every red flag box gets checked off here. Every single one. Then they finally kick him out when he gets angsty over the fact that they wouldn't pay him a dollar or two dollars for a Polaroid photo. He makes a bloody mark on the side of their van and somehow is able to track them into this fucking desolate area to go to his house, apparently, too, because he's part of this fucking weird Sawyer family now. And we get them all sitting around having dinner and they bring down the old corpse from the upstairs. It turns out this man is still fucking alive. It is fucking horrible. Grandpa's hungry. Grandpa needs to eat. Guys, I told you this was going to be a long show. I, I warned you. You fucking bitched and moaned that we only gave you an hour last week. Now you're fucking paying for it. I love it. <laughs> this dinner scene is fucking wild. When you think of the hillbillies, the fucking inbreds, you know, fucking the crooked teeth, the dirtiness, the everything about this has me freaked out. I, like and I got to give credit to this actress here because she's selling the fuck out of it. Yes, she she's is. she's, she's selling. It's going well. They finally like knock her out or she goes unconscious. She wakes up and it's dinner time. Mm. And now they're going to sacrifice her. And now we get Leatherface with a different mask here. Love it. So. I didn't know if that was just me inventing stuff. Once again, my Leatherface knowledge coming in is not very in-depth. 
But the idea is that he's actually has three masks throughout the filming of this movie. He's got the killing mask, which I feel like is the one I know him for because that's the one you see in the advertised material on the posters, on the video game, like whatever they've done. That's the kind of one I'm familiar with. But then at dinner, he's sitting at this one with kind of makeup on it and stuff. It's got to get pretty. And that's his pretty woman mask because the idea for this leather. And I, once again, didn't know the character that there's no such thing as a personality under the mask. He shows his personality from the mask. So going to dinner should be a kind of almost formal thing. So he's done up in the makeup and the pretty mask. That way he can have dinner with the family. But there's also like an old lady mask when they bring the girl back to the house after she's run away. She ends up at the gas station. She doesn't know that the old man is going to take her right back here. Obviously, bags her up, captures her, brings her back to the house. Leatherface is there with kind of an old lady, like a home uh, housekeeper mask. Yeah, He's the homemaker. So that's the thing. He's trying to keep the place clean. That way, when the family comes over, it's all it's fucking pretty in-depth psychological shit there for a fucking the the dawn of slasher movies, right? Yes. Yeah. Character has a lot of depth to it. Love it. And I'm actually surprised by how little this movie tells us about the character. What I like, I wasn't aware he had a family, but we don't really learn anything about Leatherface. We can kind of tell after watching the movie, he comes from fucked up circumstances. Obviously he's been bred or influenced to be a certain way because of his environment and surroundings. But it doesn't tell you, oh, he turned to this because of, you yes. know. So there's not really a lot of background knowledge we have on Leatherface or as the family as a whole. We're just kind of, we just kind of take what we're given as here's what it is now. And the rest is for you to kind of assume or piece together in your own mind. Yes. They, they start doing that in later sequels. They start dropping more things and uh one of the sequels is actually a prequel which shows the birth of leatherface like leatherface as a teenager young adult and like uh, becoming that not very good <laughs> so we get the dinner scene now that it's time to sacrifice sally they want grandpa Ooh. to do it and grandpa yeah. is about <laughs> might as well be a corpse <laughs> barely fucking alive with the right? hammer <laughs> They hand him a ball peen hammer that he can't even wrap his hand around. He keeps dropping it. He gets one he gets one moderate shot in on the back of her head, which does bust her open, but doesn't sure. knock her out. Uh, she is able to get free and kind of runs away again. Now the chase is on. The chases in this movie are very entertaining to me because it's obvious that they've got to kind of theatricalize the chase so even in stuff i read the um gunner hansen who plays leatherface says marilyn burns the actress is the slowest person he has ever seen in life so as he's chasing her even uh being a tall dude with an extra three inch lifts on his shoes to make him look even more imposing even with these lifts on in his shoes he's still faster than her so So whenever they're doing the chases he's constantly having to do other shit 
to kind of buy her time to yeah. get away. Because even when she looks like she has a head start, the way he comes bursting out of the house. He's always bursting. He's running full speed. And yeah. he's like caught up to her in no time. And it looks like she's moving. I mean, she's she's cutting that air. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> she ain't getting nowhere fast. Running in quitstand, bro. She ain't going nowhere. So at, when they're going through the bushes, he's constantly kind of taking time to chainsaw the... Yes. The branches and Just stuff away, intimidate and stuff, yeah, being crazy. Which I think also works well for the character. Sure. It does add a, a level of uh, terror to this, yes. a level of suspense to this. Um, so finally, she gets away. She runs. Now it's daylight now, so the sun is out. Thank God for the sun. She runs into the middle of a road that looks fucking desolate as fuck in the middle of nowhere. But wouldn't you know it? There's fucking someone driving down. And a fucking truck driver stops, uh, sees her. She's covered in blood and sweat and tears. What a traumatic night this young girl must have had. And like a real gentleman, he actually stops. After we just told everyone, don't pick up hitchhikers. (laughs) He didn't listen to us. (laughs) But he sees this woman come out. He does stop. Then he sees Leatherface and he shits his pants. Who would? (laughs) Now, I don't know why this guy didn't just fucking drive away. He was behind the wheel. The girl was in the car. Leatherface is putting the chainsaw to the door and not doing any damage. Just hit the gas and go. Instead, he pushes the girl out the passenger door. He follows out the passenger door and grabs a wrench that he just turns around and flings at Leatherface. Apparently, Leatherface would suck at dodgeball because he can't dodge a wrench. My one weakness, wrench. (laughs) Wrench. (laughs) Uh, So the the guy, what what even happens to that guy? He just runs away, right? And leaves her there. Am I making that up? I think you're making it up. Who drives away then? How'd she get away? Well, the the other driver. The other driver, that's right. There's another driver that comes along. where she jumps into the flatbed the back of, the of his truck, truck yes. and leaves Leatherface because the, once the guy throws the wrench at Leatherface, Leatherface falls and takes a bump and the chainsaw starts cutting into his leg. That's right. He drops it on his leg. Yes. <laughs> Another truck, like a, a pickup truck comes by. She jumps in the flatbed of that and they drive off as Leatherface was attempting his comeback and he's left there to dance and kind of swing around in a fit of rage that he wasn't able to finish the job. Yes, as he's screaming and laughing. Very iconic ending there. So uh, that scene was actually... Gunnar Hansen was given a lot of leeway with how to play this character. Because they had an idea of like, okay, he wants to be like this. But they let him actually come up with a lot of the mannerisms and it was overseen by the director, Toby Hooper. So they kind of just piecing it together themselves. And Gunnar Hansen does this dance in a prior scene where it's actually dark out and stuff. And they said, actually, you know what? Let's not use it there. We're going to make that the final. So that's where that came from. It was something he was doing probably in the chase scene with Sally during the middle of the night. He does a lot. He's always like, like I said, that's a leather face day. He holds up the chase. So so it's just kind of shaking uncontrollably. There's a lot because there's no... He doesn't have any real lines, right? It, it's he can't yeah, it's communicate. He makes noises. Ooh, ooh, it's and stuff, it's yeah. very like an evil Chewbacca, 
sure. Yes, it is. He did make noises like that. Because he's so big, he's, he's, he's very menacing. On. And he's yeah. got the mask. I do get like some like real deal Chewbacca vibes. That's funny, yes. You know, from <laughs> Leatherface. Um, I don't know necessarily know that that's what they want me to have. And I remember, this is so. even before Star Wars. Star, Star yes, Wars doesn't come out till 77. They so. stole it. <laughs> George Lucas sitting at home watching this going, this, but furry. Oh man, yes, bro. Mm, so there you go. That. What is it? 83 minutes of what is considered one of the classics of American horror cinema, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. I hope you guys watched it. It was available literally on almost every yeah, it's on a lot of stuff. It was on Peacock, it was on Tubi, it was everywhere. Everywhere. Now there's a lot to the I found this movie to be very interesting and I find the history behind this movie even more interesting. Why is it so iconic? What sets it apart? And then some of the stuff you read about like the animal bones and the carcasses in this movie, like in that room, were all real. Mm. They're borrowed from a local vet. Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> and this is happening during a, the filming happens over a time where the heat there's a heat wave in Texas. Oh. And be, it originally, I believe, it was supposed to shoot. They end up shooting for like, I don't know, double the time they were supposed to in the first place. But the smells on these people's uh, clothing and in the house because of these animal carcasses, because of these bones, oh. because of the, how they're sweating in them. Like the, yeah. the Gunnar Hansen couldn't wash his leather face outfit. So as we dirty, the shirt yeah. was dyed. And if they yeah. washed it and they could only afford one shirt because the budget it's was so low. So, so people funny. didn't even want to stand next to him. He, everybody smelled the dinner scene. The food on the table was left out this entire time. So it's just this like Rotten horrible food. meat, like rotting stuff on the table. And the guy who plays the hitchhiker, he says that filming those scenes was the most horrible part of his life. <laughs> Oh and he God. had been in Vietnam. <laughs> and he even made that clarification. He's like, I want you to know I've been to Vietnam and this was still the worst part of my life. I guess he had a nice, a nice cushy uh, thing over there in Vietnam. Jesus. But he claims that after the movie became, you know, somewhat of a hit, um, he had spoken to some state troopers or something somewhere who recognized him. And said, we actually like to thank you because since that movie came out, hitchhiker related uh, incidents have dropped by 18%. <laughs> so people did learn. Uh, they watched the horror hitchhiker. movie and they said, oh, we can't do this no more. <laughs> uh, there is an urban legend that the real Texas Chainsaw Massacre took place near the town of Poth, a town 36 miles southeast of San Antonio. But that is fiction. Really? Uh, this is loosely based on the life of a Wisconsin serial killer named yes, Ed Gain. Gain, yeah. Gain, okay. And Ed Gain is actually the influence behind Psycho in 1960, and, as well and Buffalo Bill, Yes. From Silence of the Lambs. 
Yes, it is. Ed Gain is very popular in the serial killer game here because there's not a lot of, I mean, there's lots of serial killers. Not a lot of them were digging up bodies and using their skin to make uh, furniture and make dresses. So uh, everybody goes through a little Ed Gain uh, phase when they're getting into serial killers. Uh, some of the working titles for this movie before they settled Ooh. on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Saturn in Retrograde. Head Cheese. What the fuck is that? I get it. Brain. Uh, okay. And simply Leatherface. Okay. Leatherface is the name of a you know movie. Eventually, they they went with that title, mm. but uh, no, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very iconic. The trailer's iconic. The tagline's iconic. They 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 picked a lot of the good choices here. They they really did. I think at the end of the day, part of the reason it becomes iconic is because they did make the right choices, right? Yes, like when you, you know, watch uh, the trailer, like I get people being freaked out. The noises that the camera. The camera click thing that's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre staple, and like you know, just the tagline who will survive and what will be left of them. That's fucking great. That's a great fucking tagline. So I get it. I get it in the 70s. That must have fucked your life up to see this movie. I get it. Right? You get and, scared now when a commercial comes on. So something like that. Yeah. Especially we have an idea of what's coming now because we've yes. been around. We've had for our entire lives, these types of movies have existed now. Yes. The people in 1974 didn't have that luxury. Hell no. They have no idea. We're all playing off the same tropes from the same four movies. This one, it's the start of it. I love it. So, Gomez, as someone as adept within the field of horror as you are, do you have like a favorite scene or any anything that stands out to you with this movie? Like you said, your opinion has changed over time. So, what where is it that it changes? Well, because like you said, when you first see this movie and like uh, you hear people talk about it, you read some of these old reviews and you go, did they watch the same movie? Because mm -hmm. people will tell you that the movie is gory and there's very minimum blood in this movie. Like you said, a lot of it is off camera. It's definitely one of those movies where the movie in your head is fucking you up. But then you it's watch noises it. more than anything. Yes, it's, it's Leatherface it's shutting the door and atmosphere. hear screaming or something yes. behind the, the door chainsaw. as we the chains rattling, you don't know what's happening, and then you just see a body. Then you go, "Oh my god, what did what did he do?" You know, like if a movie was like that now, people be disappointed. They'd be like, "Oh, they didn't show anything, right?" People get upset when there's kills off the yeah. screen. They're like, "Oh, come on," you know. That's that's the number one rule in the slasher. We don't want the kills off screen. We want to see the people getting killed, not. Oh, something's happening. Oh, we found Jimmy's body in the corner. Oh, my God. No, we want to see Jimmy get stabbed up. That's I'll tell you, one of the most outwardly scary visuals that I had in this movie was when the second guy goes to look after the first couple and he comes across the house and he walks in and the first guy has been cleared off the butcher's deck, <clears throat> right? He's gone. Yeah. And we're wondering what happened to the girl who, when we last saw her, was still on the meat hook. And he opens that fridge and she kind of sits up. She's not completely dead yet. Yes. And they close it right. That fucking spooked the shit out of me. Like I did a, a jump right there. That first time Leatherface slides that door open is fucking just because it just comes out of nowhere. It's loud. Everything gets loud. It's like, and it's very sudden. 
It's yes, very, it's as sudden like, out of nowhere, and it's just especially if you don't know who and, Leatherface yeah. is. It's this absolutely monster. imposing monster yeah. in a doorway. The way it's lit is very menacing. That you, it's very sinister. You know, to use those words, it's just the the visual of his first appearance. You're absolutely correct. That first appearance of him just ripping open yeah. the door, the sliding so door. And just being there is like, what the fuck? That sliding door adds a lot because that just that slide, doom, like it really like it's like, whoa, what the fuck? And you, it's like it's not a normal door. Yeah, it's it it's a it's sliding the, the metal door. door, like you're in like a yeah. fucking meat locker. And so, so the idea of it being in this house, it's just like, what the fuck kind of place are we in here? So good, so good. Yeah. So like I said, so you know. I, once I've got over, all right, this ain't going to be bloody and stuff like that. Let's just watch this for what it is. The atmosphere is good. The sound design is good because you are creeped out. You don't know what's happening. And it comes, like you said, sometimes there's a little lull in the action, but then it comes, you know, Leatherface will just come. All of a sudden, the chainsaw boom, is revved up, and all of a sudden, we're running. We're on a chase again. So, yeah, I've, I've grown to love the movie. It is great. I think it's time to hit a little music, Gomez. Oh, you know it, baby. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? All right, horror classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Where does this fall on your main man standards, Joe? Man, I really didn't know what I was getting into here. Could have been anything, right? Yes, sure. Because I understand that this is a classic, as well regarded as a classic, for going on five decades now. And... Yet I know that it's not necessarily a movie I'm going to enjoy. I'm going in with the assumption that it's not going to be so gory that it's going to completely turn me off to watching or paying attention to the rest of the movie. But at the same time, the name of it is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. So while I feel like the premise at the beginning of the movie is completely absurd. Like, oh, let's go check on this guy's grave and then go to an abandoned house our dad owns in the woods that he hasn't looked after in fucking years. <clears throat> completely yeah. absurd. I, I do appreciate kind of how quickly it gets into what everybody is here to see, right? Yes. Whereas it is, that's kind of the lull of the movie. Obviously, the hitchhiker and the dynamic there takes it up a bit. But once we get to the house, we're like, well, what the fuck are we even doing? But we don't waste a lot of time there. And then once we're out of that, we get into the Leatherface stuff. And that's obviously why we're here. That's the draw. That's what's making the money here. And while tame by the standards of today, putting yourself kind of in the mindset for 1974, I would be scared shitless at this fucking imposing presence wielding a fucking chainsaw over his head with reckless abandon and then butchering people in a professional manner like it ain't no thing. And then to see this entire family together 
when you're like, okay, all these people individually are weird, but now you put them together and it's fucking horrible. Like to the idea of, of having to be there with those people is fucking terrible. I, and I felt in that moment, a great deal of empathy for the character of Sally here. And I think that is good storytelling at that point. If someone like me is getting to the point where I'm feeling for the characters, that's good storytelling, even though it's not the kind of stories that I usually like to indulge in. I'm actually surprised with how much I like this movie. And then going back and reading up about it and doing my little research and finding out more about the history of this, which leads me down the rabbit hole of finding out more about the final girl, which leads me into finding out more about horror movies as a whole. Honestly, I think this movie did a wonderful job of indoctrinating me in a lot of ways to things about the genre that I didn't know. So I don't think it was the best movie I ever saw, but I do think it is a very solid entry and I understand why it is regarded as a classic. I'm going to give it a triple and a half main man, three and a half stars. Bang, bang, baby. Love it. I'm around you. I'm going to give it a four. Quadruple main man. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the start of something. It, uh, we we can't have all the goodness we have now without this movie. Whether you you love it or hate it, a lot of the stuff we got is because of this movie. God bless it. Thank you, Toby Hooper. You are the best. He's got a couple other movies that are good. He did the sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I prefer the sequel. I think it's a little more fun. You do yes, it's more. But the sequel is it's a little more silly. He takes okay. it up. He, he adds some silliness to the horror. That I that I appreciate. Um, now the sequel doesn't come out for like twelve years after this yeah, movie, comes, right? It's yeah, like, it's like 86. eighty something. Yeah, it's like eighty something. Yep, towards the end of it. Yeah. Now, um, I don't. Now I don't, I'm stuff. asking a question. I don't know the answer to. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. After the success of this movie, thirty million dollars at the box office on a one hundred forty thousand dollar budget, big success, right? has to be crossing over into the mainstream where now everybody's talking Leatherface. You go to school, there's fucking leather, Leatherface lunchboxes or something. Sure. But why would it take so long to do a sequel? Was it just simply because that wasn't something that people did at the time? I think, I think that's what it is, right? Because he did other movies. He did other horror movies. He did Poltergeist. You know, he did, he did famous movies. You know, he did stuff. But just uh, maybe he never had an idea. Maybe they tried and he didn't want. I, I don't know. I'll look into that. But yeah, it, it's it's always fun though when at least the guy comes back for the sequel. Like I do mm -hmm. love that he he gave us the first sequel, and then after that, people just you know took the idea because in this one he adds more of um, the the family dynamic. Okay, you know we get more of uh, we get uh, more of cousins, family, brothers, whatever it is in there that actually are doing something. They're like main characters. Not the Leatherface is a side character. But, you know, his brother's doing a lot more of the stuff in part two, you know. So and this is another question I have for you and your horror wisdom. I'm kind of interested, whereas where Freddy Krueger and I've seen some Friday, uh, some Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street movies and where Jason like the, the iconicness of their characters and their mannerism. And yet Leatherface is kind of always included in there to a, a lesser extent than the, than those two, especially at Michael Myers, obviously. But he's really very limited 
in what he's doing in this movie. So it makes me wonder how exactly did he become this kind of iconic big time character where he's really not doing that that much like the presence is very imposing you can tell like you're fucking scared of this guy but it's just how did he become this iconic character for what in relative terms is so very little screen time it's probably the sequels are probably because for the sequel to come out in 88 that's like you know horror is is booming like horror mm-hmm. is this popular thing so i think bringing him back is probably what made him more of a icon and because it's when you think of it you know there's a lot of horror movies obviously every year they come and go but there's only a few of them who've stood the test of time right yeah like you say uh you know hellraiser right even though You've never seen it before. You know, I've made you watch it, but you always know Pinhead, right? Because that's like an iconic looking character. I just yeah. think when you have an iconic character, it just. It just but comes. even with, with that movie, Pinhead, when I say, like, I'm thinking Pinhead is yeah the guy. I've seen Pinhead for years. And finally, yeah. I see this movie. He's barely in the movie. And, he's, and I'm going, the fuck? Yeah. Like, what does he even do then? But it's it's the job of the uh job of her. It's the what you call it, Boba Fett, right? Yeah. Who of this fucking guy is in He's a huge for five minutes, seconds of screen time, exactly. Does nothing cool and everyone's like, Oh my god, Boba Fett's the fucking man. That's what it is. You got a cool design, a cool design will last a lifetime and eventually they'll find things to to do it, you know. I believe there's now seven or eight. Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, you know, that have come out in the hits, you know. So now, as we now, were saying last week, you think the the misses in the Chainsaw in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series are bigger misses than the misses in some of the other um, franchises. So you stand by that? Yeah, I think when when a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre is is boring or no good, like it's just like ugh, because it's every movie's pretty much the same where you get that dynamic of the chase and then you get some kind of family element, you know, where, Oh, this guy's a bad guy who you didn't know. Like that kind of happens like in pretty much everyone. There's a cop who's really in on them. He's been helping all this time, you know? And so it's just, and, uh, in part three, uh, this came out in a time where, uh, the rating system was butchering horror movies like uh, Friday the 13th 7 is is uh, one of them. Like the uncut version is is lost to time. They made them cut out all the gore and stuff. When you watch it, and a lot of it is like off camera or quick cuts. They It was like they filmed these things, but the prints got destroyed. Same thing happened with Texas Chainsaw 3. There were some crazy kills, but they had to cut it out. That got lost to time. I think you could see some versions of it, but you can tell... Like, it's like, here's a 4K v- picture. Okay, this one's, like, a very, very oh, shitty. Wow. Like, just trying to get it back into the thing. A lot of stuff was lost. So that that makes some of those... It's crazy to me good. that even stuff that recent can just go missing and just yeah. be lost. Pretty crazy. So, you know, not good. But I will say the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of my favorite remakes. I think they take what you probably think of and what you have in your head, 
But this one is, this is a, we're going to show you, not leave it to your imagination, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they amp up the brutality. Like, it's it's scarier. It's rougher. It's graphic. And uh, so I've always preferred that one because that's just, I like it a little that way when it comes to horror. So when it comes to horror, do you say we got, like, the big four franchises? Is that a thing, or am I just making that up? No, it's a thing, but I just think, I just think those other ones don't matter. You know, if you want to bring Hellraiser and Texas Chainsaw, you know, they don't matter like the other ones. Like Freddy and Jason matter. I think other people should get more play. Like a Ghostface, I think, matters more than even a Hellraiser. I think a Chucky matters more than a Hellraiser. Like, these are things that have stood the test of time. You know, Chucky's always been a theatrical, big-budget movie, you know. Hellraiser has seven sequels that were straight to VOD that are basically... We we had a script. Let's how can we throw a Hellraiser in here? Add a puzzle box, and now it's a Hellraiser movie. You know, that's a lot of the Hellraiser sequels. Those movies after the third one, there's a drop off that you just. Well, I'm talking like half star movies. Like they are fucking dreadful. You know, so yeah, you want to say there's a big four, but really, it's Freddy, it's Jason, and then we could talk about some other people. Leatherface, maybe. I would put on that next to Hellraiser. I would put him a little lower. Michael Again, Myers. Michael Myers. Yes, he's up there. He would be the three. One, two, he's, three. He's on the the Rushmore. He's on the Rushmore, and then you got to see, you know, someone like Pennywise. You know, that's the highest grossing horror movie of all, all time. That's more important than a Leatherface movie that no one's seen. You know, I always forget about Chucky. I've never seen a child's play movie, but I'm always familiar with Chucky and he's got a TV show right now. We're still doing Chucky fucking TV shows. They're always making new merchandise, action figures, dolls. Like Mm -hmm. when you say it, I'm going, fuck yeah. Chucky is everywhere. Yeah. He's always, you know, he's had theatrical. Now he's had Netflix movies. You know, when they make a movie, it goes straight to Netflix. Not like it's, you got to find this thing. No, if there's a new Chucky, it's going to be in your face like that. You know, the TV show is fucking fantastic. Like, if you love Child's Play, you love Chucky, and you're not watching that show, you're crazy. You're missing some of the best horror ever put on TV like that. Every week, you're getting... A fucking crazy ass kill. It's not like Chucky's just what. No, he's killing people every week. Everything that Chucky does, he's doing it every episode of this show. It is. It's literally fantastic. Like I can't get enough of it. It's so good. Child's Play was on the list. It was on the wheel. I was hoping it would land on that because that is Chucky's always been my guy. You know, so maybe I overrate Chucky to other mm. people would be like Chucky fuck Chuck but I'm just slaying facts I mean Chucky you know comes to the movie theater and everyone gets a fucking big budget movie I'm sorry bro Chucky make he had a remake come out recently come on we don't talk about that remake but I mean you know <laughs> it still counts I I could I could count it towards myself <laughs> oh so that's good we had a good end to the season here that, Joey. yeah another year another spooky snake season gone we've been doing this God, since 2016 now, I believe yeah, we started baby. the podcast. So um, I want to say this is probably one of the better spooky snake seasons that has spooky snake seasoned. Yeah, baby. I don't think you hit. Did you hate anything? You know, Cobweb was okay. Saw you didn't like all the gore, but you still thought yeah. the movie was good. Like you, like you didn't hate the movie. You were like, you know, it's not bad. I get what they're doing there. 
Ready or not, I know you loved. You love this one. Look Ready or not, I'm, I liked. Yeah. I'm forgetting one what movie. Was, what was um what's the one movie? One movie. Um, I'm trying to think, bro. What did we watch last yeah. week? Oh, last... Psycho Gorman. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yes. But that was I knew like that's I that's been a movie that's been on the radar, but I know not to show you. Like that's not a movie. But I even like it. Psycho Gorman was so absurd. Yes, it was a terrible. It, you didn't. It's not like it was like unwatchable. That. Yes, you didn't hate it like that. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll take this spooky. I'll take the win, baby. Yeah. I'm taking it. And we know Ooh. you guys like it. So thanks for hanging out with us during spooky snake season. But Gomez, where do we go from here? Mm, baby, spooky snake season is ending, and we got slain and slain coming up in the horizon. So we want to give our double main man Joe here a break. We want to. We want to watch some things that that Joe wants to watch. You know? Really? So, so let's have it like a Joe month. You know, let's let's celebrate our man here. Let's let's have some fun. You Joe. know what? I deserve a month. <laughs> so we got a new wheel. Oh baby, we I'm got sorry. Why, wait, is this supposed to be for me though? Yes, this wheel. So what kind of wheel for, could it be? It's the wheel of shooting. What is it? The wheel of shooting. <laughs> the wheel of fortune fortune that's it <laughs> that's right i made a list of movies that my double main man here wouldn't mind watching and talking about here some big movies throughout the years movies that are turning 30 years old 20 25 oh we anniversary film we got some anniversary films that's right baby we got four, we got five weeks in this month. One of those weeks, we got to watch the Marvels. You know, we got to do that thing. But other than yeah, that, I am, that thing is gonna be fucking I box office poison, bro. right? I forgot all about. It. I was like, yeah, we got five weeks of this. I was looking. I was like, oh, right, that's right. There's a big Marvel movie coming so out. This I, month, I've been bro. watching the MLB playoffs pretty much nonstop because they're streaming it on the app. So like the um, National League series is being played on HBO Max. It's it's great yeah um, i don't know how but i'm watching it on max makes no sense to me but okay Warner i'll take it owns tbs love it but so, i thought you have to pay extra for sports uh they're I, dude i don't fucking know i'm not complaining it's been great um but i just saw there's uh some like nissan commercial and brie larson is in it and i'm like oh she's boy, did that movie come out yet did we miss it <laughs> so funny keep forgetting so we're going to spin here. I put about uh, 10 yeah, or 12 movies wheel. on here. Let's swing this up here. Mm, look at this. Look, it even some... says Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Great name for a wheel. <laughs> we got some classics. We got action movies, comedies. We got a whole bunch here, Joe. You ready to spin this and see what Let's we're going to talk it. about? This is the first time I'm excited. Let's go. Let's spin this wheel. Oh my god. <laughs> Woo, baby. The wheel has been spun and it has landed on Tropic Thunder, the 2008 comedy classic. This is available on Hulu. Oh, baby. I haven't seen this in a long time, Joe. So, I own the Blu-ray of this. 
I'm not going to dig it out. I will just watch it on Hulu. Always. <laughs> I'm at the point now where if I own a DVD, I'd rather just pay the Amazon rental fee 100%. and dig it out. 100%. <laughs> um, this is going to be a bit problematic, isn't it? The, the times have changed since this movie has come out. I mean, but we ain't, you know, we ain't saying nothing. We're just going to be talking about it. We're just reviewing a movie, but if this is going to be a movie that's interesting to go back and watch with yes. 2023 eyes than it was oh. in 2008, because I remember watching this movie back then and there was a lot in it that I was like, I just thought it was going to be like an okay, funny movie. And I walked out of there going, holy shit, that was a fucking pastrami sandwich of a movie. And as we all know, pastrami is the miracle meat. So, you know, it was good. Mm, delicious. Love me some pastrami. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, well, I'm excited for this one. Simple Jack. It's been a while. <laughs> you know, and I've heard interviews with Robert Downey Jr. since then about this movie. And, you know, he does the blackface in that, which obviously a no go today. Right. Um, but it's commenting. It's, it's like that's the joke. That it's a hundred percent the joke. But it, I don't think they would do it today. They probably I, wouldn't even think to make the joke. Probably they would just exactly. stay away that's, from the joke altogether. Yes. And he's even said that when the movie came out, like all the heat was on Stiller for Simple Jack, and he basically got to fly under the radar. Like no one was calling him out for for doing the blackface stuff. So he's like, it was great in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he was was he nominated for an Oscar, I think. For I this? Think he might have been, bro. Who? Robert, Robert Downey? Downey? Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Well, they don't do like best comedic performance, do they? That would have no, been like he... a Golden Globe or something. Yes, that is just the uh <laughs> yes, he got a best performance in a supporting role Oscar nomination. Look at that. For Look Tropic at... Thunder? Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> this it was a big deal. That's what I mean. Like it was a big deal. This thing. no one. I don't. I don't want to hear anyone ever talk to me about the fucking sanctity of the fucking Oscars. <laughs> it's like that bullshit what? argument last week with the the Phillies and the Braves about the sanctity of the locker room, and we should be able to say, bro, I don't want to fucking hear it. Like. Fuck, you gave an Oscar nomination to Tropic Thunder. I'm for it because there's a movie people actually go see as opposed to what the Oscars are not usually nominating here. But don't ever tell me some fucking French film 11 people have saw needs to have won instead. <laughs> oh, man. So we'll be kicking that off for next week, Joey. Oh, but. I think we should finish this week first. Oh, I think we should. It's now time for the finish. All right, Joseph. It is big finish time. Let's spin this week. What? Today's big oh my finish, God. Journey Songs. Yeah, baby. We love some Journey on the Car Joe Mez podcast. Yeah, we do. Ooh, 
let's see which ones we love. Here we go. I mean, tough because I just I love them all. uh, But I I don't want to go chalk. I mean, everyone's gonna go immediately to "Don't Stop Believing." And I like nah, "Don't Stop Believing," but, but no. Journey has a lot of good songs, and I don't think that "Don't Stop Believing" would would crack my top three. I'm I'm gonna start off with "Separate Ways," "Worlds Apart." I think that be, might be my favorite. There's, I remember being in a bar that used to show the music videos for the songs they were playing. It was the Love. first time I had ever seen the video for separate journey ways. videos. Oh, fantastic! There's like the, this one scene where Steve Perry's singing, he's like, Break those chains that bind you, and he like grabs his wrist mad passionately and shit. Like, like he's tied up by the chains that are affecting his ability to fucking perform this song while he's like on the docks. He's like at the like by boats and shit, like some seedy warehouse that you would see like some action movie underling hiding out and like ready to transport the drugs out of. Like Steve Perry just there doing break those chains, baby. Love oh my god. I'm gonna be listening to Journey now. Once as soon as this <laughs> podcast is over, these headphones are staying on and I'm bumping some Steve Perry boy. Uh let's go open arms. Let's go there. I'll put that on the list. I love me some slow jams from Journey. That sweet voice of Steve Perry. Uh, the next one for me is uh, probably due to an episode of The Simpsons where Abe Simpson's driving the convertible car and what song is playing, but any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Any way you want it. Action-packed song gets you hyped better than a cup of coffee in the morning. So that's going to be my number two. Mm. I'm going to go, I'll be all right without you. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, man, that is a good one. I'm trying not to go chalk off, so I'm trying to pick my favorites that aren't the popular ones. So I was thinking about that one myself. When Jacob deGrom signed with the Texas Rangers, I made a video to that song about how I would be able to go on without Jacob deGrom on the Mets anymore. But that is not going to make my top three Gomez because my number three is loving, touching. Great song. Squeezing. So good. Another. Man, I love it. Do I want to go send them my love? I love sending them my love. Mm, you know, I, I'm going to go a little chalky. I'm going to go for number th- I'm going to go faithfully. Number three. We're Ooh, do that. so we're, good. We're going to do that for the third one. We got to get, get one popular one, some shine there. Oh, baby. Faithfully is great. Um, As a honorable mention, just because neither of us have brought it up, I'm going to say Wheel in the Sky. Love that song. Love Wheel that song. Wheel in the Sky keeps on turning. Oh, I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. God, he's the best. So years ago, when we were still making mix CDs and burning our own CDs at home, I asked all of my friends who smoked and indulged in the art of marijuana. I said, give me one song you like to listen to while high. Mm. And I made a mix CD out of it. And one of the suggestions was from, I don't don't want to mention his name, but let's say he was the guy who did the music for ECW. Okay. His Mm. song was wheel in the sky by journey. Love it. 
I, well, he would pick that. I love that. <laughs> and it was it was great. And then, like, you'd be there, you know, in my younger days when we were all hanging out, playing Nintendo, <laughs> listening to this mix CD. It was a great song to have there. So Wheel in the Sky as an honorable mention for me. So good. Goddamn, Journey is the best. Oh, oh you want to hear a Journey story before we go? Why the fuck not? <laughs> We've already been going this long. They wanted a fucking long episode. Now you, you got, got it, it, son. You asked for it. In 2006, Ooh, I am interning for Q104.3, the Jim Kerr Rock and Roll Morning Show, which is a classic rock station in New York City. I'm an intern, and I had a Journey as my ringtone at the time, because this was back when it was the coolest thing ever to have real songs as your ringtones. And I had a journey song as my ringtone. And the producer of the show was this guy, Joe Cristiano, who awesome dude helped me out way more than he ever had to, but he's just a really nice guy. Um, We would get, obviously the radio stations getting tickets and he said, Hey, you know, Joe, the intern loves journey. Can we just give him tickets? And they did. They gave me two tickets to go see Journey at PNC in New Jersey. They were playing with Def Leppard. Oh, uh, so it's like one of those. It's like a cool yeah. show to go to. Great show. And now this is still in the MySpace days. Remember? Mm. So I go. Well, who am I going to take to this way cool Journey show? And I made a post on MySpace that said, "Win a date with L Shoes." Yeah, and did. I said, basically, hey. You want to go see Journey? Write me an essay on why you should be the one I pick to come see Journey with me. And people actually did it. I got probably a dozen responses of people. Some wrote a sentence. Some one, the best one I got, the winner was this girl from Philadelphia. Her name was Ashley. She wrote a genuine essay about how it would be great if I picked her because she was supposed to go see Journey before and then she had tickets and some life happened and she wasn't able to make the show and now she didn't know when she would next have the chance. So I picked her and we went on a date to go see this Journey and Def Leppard show and we had a wonderful time. So thank you, Journey, for being the soundtrack to one of the better dates I've been on. Love it. I totally forgot about when a date with L shoes. So yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, this baby. is something I did. Like I used yes. to, I used to do that quite like whenever I had like an extra ticket or whatever, like doing something, I would do that quite often. There was one time I did it for Avril Levine, and I was like, Hey, I got an extra ticket to Avril Levine. Tell me why you should be my date to Avril Levine. And our buddy Big Anthony Cool, he won that one. His essay was, because if you pick me to come to see Avril, I'll pay for us to go see the Spice Girls. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good trade-off. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> and I believe that ended up being like the Spice Girls' last U.S. show. They can't, It was at Ooh. Madison Square Garden, and then they canceled the oh, rest of the tour. Yes, they can't. They broke right. up like <laughs> 10 minutes after the show ended. Yes, that's right. Oh, wow. Man, we're old. That was like I haven't thought of that in full. You know, and the best is when you go to these shows, and I'm sure Taylor Swift is that way now. It's predominantly female audience, sure. you know. Yeah. Um, now 
me and BAC show up to the Spice Girls like a couple <laughs> of schleps going to a concert because BAC oh, yeah. and I have gone to many concerts together nice. and you wear cargo shorts and uh, some weird band or wrestling t-shirt because that's how you go to concerts. We were not prepared for the amount of women dressed as if they were going to the hottest club in town to go sit in the upper deck of the garden to go see the Spice Girls. The fucking dresses were better than any prom I've ever been to. Any wedding I've ever been to. We getting dressed up to see Taylor at the the fucking movie theater, bro. It was <laughs> girls are crazy. It was one of those things that I was not at all prepared, which tells you a lot about me socially. But I was not at all prepared to see the way people were dressed. I I, I don't know if they were if it was just for that or that they were making a night out of it or it was part of a Always, larger yes. weekend or something. But my God, those girls came to party and looked the part. God bless. God bless. I love it. Oh, man. What a show, Joe. What a show. Super-sized episode yeah. of the Carl Joe Man's podcast. Yeah. Dino-sized, even, as before super Hit them with them plugs so we can get the fuck Guys, out of here. Guys, thank you for supporting us all through Spooky Snake Season. I hope you guys come with us to watch Tropic Thunder for next week. Remember, that's playing on Hulu if you want to rewatch it. And we'll be rolling on for the next month with the Wheel of Fortune, which is Fortune. a great name for a wheel. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to the Car Jomez podcast. As always, please remember to subscribe to this show, leave a five-star review. Remember, this week, we're giving away a WWE Elite 100 John Cena figure, courtesy of our friends at Mattel. Uh, For anyone, leave us the best review of the week. Screenshot it to us, tweet it to us, at Jomez, and we will pick the best review to win that John Cena figure. Uh, Listen to our friends who are mentioning us all week, the Game Marks podcast every Monday, Going Postal every other week. And, of course, the Card Foundation today, every Thursday, with us. They're good people. If you're into wrestling cards and collectibles, they know their stuff. And Papa Bear is re- really funny. Um, follow all my personal stuff at the Joe Shoes. Obviously, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Blue Sky, Threads. We're all having so much fun on Threads. Always, <laughs> youtube.com slash joe shoes and of course help support buy one of these t-shirts designed by george feast anything is feasible when you hire george feast so check in with him if you have any graphic design needs but that's pro wrestling tees.com slash joe shoes mm, the gomez 154 instagram twitter and blue sky and guys halloween weekend's coming up you might want to Subscribe to that Twitch feed, twitch.tv slash mezmovie. I've been known to do 24, 36 hours of horror leading up to Halloween. Just putting it out there, folks. He's not saying you should tune in, but he's not not saying it either. If you catch the drift. Just saying. Check us out this week. On the Monster Madness podcast, we will be on there with Matt Stein. And, of course, don't forget Tropic Thunder. 
controversy abound for next week's episode and we're going to get into it and break it down but until then gomez let's make like tom and cruise peace